A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord John 3.16 For God so loved the world. God loved even before we knew it. Creation itself is the very first revelation of God. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things God has made. Our famous biblical verse, For God so loved the world, is probably better translated, For God loved the world so, in just this way, namely that he gave his only Son. W. H. Vanstone says that one of the marks of love is precariousness, taking the risk of letting go of control, of allowing the other freedom, the ability to make decisions without coercion. If you teach a child to walk, then one day he or she may walk in a direction you did not expect or wish. You are giving them the freedom to walk away from you. Deep love does not hold on to us. It lets us go. The activity of God in creation must be precarious, in which each step is a precarious step into the unknown, in which each triumph contains a new potential for tragedy, and each tragedy may be redeemed into a wider triumph. God loved the world in this way, that God gave his only Son, handing him over without counting the cost. In chapter 14 of John's Gospel, Jesus declares, I am the way, and then explains what this means by making a statement about the human condition. No one comes to the Father except through me. The assumption that underlies these words is that all people are separated from God. The assumption that underlies these words is that all people are separated from God. To say that no one comes to the Father assumes that all people are separated from the Father. This separation from God arises from human sin, and sin figures into the condition of every human being. When Jesus reveals God by going the way of the cross, he manifests God's love for a world alienated from its Creator. When Moses went up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, the children of Israel were busy building a golden calf at the foot of the mountain. Moses came down and caught the people in the act of idolatry. 
He threw down the stone tablets, breaking them, so he had to go back up the mountain to get a second set. We are listening in on that second conversation. Moses implores God, Although this is a stiff-necked people, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go with us. Let the Lord go with us. Our experience of God happens in the same way. We discover God along the way. We never see God coming. But afterward, in the reflecting and sharing in our common experience, we recognize the hand of God that was with us all along. As we heard in the reading today, the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is what we didn't see coming. A God merciful and gracious. A God who loves us like our mothers and fathers who love us even before we have any idea what love is. A God who loves us even when we do bad things. Who could have known that God is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness? God loves even when we don't return God's love. God loves even when we give our faithfulness to other gods of our own making. We are starting to tell a story which in theory is an impossible story of how we have come to discover ourselves liked by God. James Allison suggests that God not only loves us, God likes us. God delights in the quirky, unique people we are. God enjoys being with us, wants to share our time and our company, believes in our dreams for ourselves. God doesn't want to control us. God simply wants to help us to live into our dreams and become all that we can be. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to show us that God likes us so that we can enter into the fullness of life. In God there is no separation, no condemnation. As we find ourselves being looked at with eyes of love, we begin to see and love in ourselves what Jesus sees and loves in us. And then we find ourselves impelled from within, contagiously, to do the same for others. In his talks, Allison likes to ask people to imagine heaven. Now, apart from clouds and harps and winged creatures, people tend to talk about a place where there are lots of people they loved but have since died. Lots of people like us. But Allison wonders, might there be more? Might the sheer excitement and dynamism of heaven be enriched by the zest which flows from discovering that I'm not all that different from those I have defined as others, those of whom I was frightened, or those of whom I disapproved. In Luke's Gospel, the thief hanging next to Jesus on the cross says to him, Jesus, remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. And in reply, Jesus says, Today you will be with me in paradise. Allison asks, How many of us have even begun to imagine what it is like to find the company of such a person forever delightful?